Hello, and welcome to the Rookie Contract Podcast. My name is Dakota Zintak. And hello, I'm Kate Norum, and we will be speaking to people that are in their rookie contract in sports to get the freshest advice for those trying to get into the sports industry, as well as learn more about their story within sports. So now that you've accepted your rookie contract, what are you going to prove? We have another episode of the Rookie Contract Podcast. Today's guest is Madison Curley. Madison is the social media specialist at Fox Sports Southwest. And what they cover is mainly the Texas Rangers, Dallas Stars, Dallas Mavericks, San Antonio Spurs, and a few other teams around that area. She was also a student athlete. So to get a little bit more perspective on a student athlete that now works in social media, keep on listening. So we have Madison Curley, and I'm going to give you the honor and pleasure of kind of saying what you do and how you got there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so currently I'm the social media coordinator at Fox Sports Southwest here in Dallas. Um, I attended Arizona State University. I played on the golf team, and while I was there, I got my bachelor's degree in sports journalism and my master's in sports law and business. So going through undergrad, I wanted to pursue like sports broadcasting, and then towards the end of that... I was kind of leaning more the team like digital side of things rather than Mm -hmm. the actual like TV production route. So that's how I kind of got into social media. And then my sports business master's degree allowed me kind of some marketing experience, which has also been helpful in my social media career. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. Awesome. So just kind of going off of like, you said you've been involved with different specialties and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So just kind of curious, what has been like your favorite specialty I guess that you've been involved with in sports I would have to say it's definitely like kind of where I've ended up with social media just because Mm -hmm. there are so many possibilities and it's always changing and you can really do so much with it for example in school I really did love like interviewing and like being on camera and talking and as we've seen that role has kind of evolved into social media so that's kind of Mm -hmm. why I decided to pick this route because I could still use those skills and like be creative and stuff, which is why I chose journalism in the first place. I didn't really want to be sitting like crunching numbers all day, but I wanted to be involved in sports. So journalism kind of gave me a creative route to do so. But social media has allowed me to use those skills as well as many others since the possibilities with social media are endless. So and it's different today, it's going to be different tomorrow. And who knows what my job will look like in five, 10 years. So I think like that is like such an like interesting challenge to me so it has to be my favorite honestly I like that you said that because social media is always evolving new trend coming out so you have to always be there and you have to be on top of it so I mean that's got to be really tough to kind of meet those demands to always like fit into that sort of Mm -hmm. bubble to yeah you know it's definitely hard especially because like obviously this year has been mentally draining on all of us. Yes. And so there's been times like I want to check out, but it's hard to check out because like something's always popping up on social media, but luckily how our team is structured at Fox Sports Southwest, there's a few of us like on the social media team. So mm-hmm. if one of us isn't on top of it, usually there's someone else's. And if you need a few days for break, like my boss is always like, just reach out. Like we got you. So I think it's important when you're working in sports media, since it is kind of 24-7, like 365, mm-hmm. to find a, like a support group and like know how to check out. So when you need it, you can. 
Yeah. I mean, with kind of with social media and all that, trends can be pretty non-planned. Like it's something that could just kind of go on. uh, People see it, people like it, and it goes viral. So in your role, have you seen kind of like, is there a way to predict when trends are going to come? Or do you just have to be scrolling through it personally, like on your own time to kind of find those trends and then get on it? Um, I'd say scrolling through personally. And then there's always like, you can, after a while, you know, there's a few accounts, like if they're doing it, it's going to blow up. Mm -hmm. And like, I should be on top of it. For example, like the Sacramento Kings are always really good. I know when the whole Quavo, like sweetie thing popped up, Mm -hmm. like, who was it? I think it was Portland, like did the thing with like all of the teams. And so then it became, because like at first I was hesitant, like, do I cross those lines and like bring that into Mm -hmm. sports? Do I like is it appropriate for me in like sports to use it like in the DMs or whatever? But then like mm-hmm. once they did it, I'm like, okay, now it's expanded into the sports world. I can hop on top of it. So there's definitely like some teams and accounts that are more on like the trendier side of things. So like, for example, the Kings, Chicago Bulls were like the first to TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. Like oh, different yeah. accounts like that, like, you know, if they're doing, like, I need to follow what they're doing because if they're doing it, it's going to blow up. Yeah, and that makes that makes pretty good sense because there was actually a, a, a conference I was at where people at the NFL, same social role, were kind of talking about that where they were like, well, you know, we don't ever want to cross a line of like inappropriate just because they have such a national view on it. But with teams, I feel like they could be a little bit, obviously you still don't want to be posting things that are, uh, you know, crossing the line. But mm-hmm. with things that are viral, I feel like that line sometimes gets a little grayed out so when you're, you know, trying to find things to go viral, or, you know, trying to join trends and things like that, what's the line, I guess, for you where you want to post something that's viral, but if it's kind of on the, uh, on the fence, how do you go through that? And how do you decide whether or not something's good to be posting? So, it, like, so I started my job, like, the beginning of this whole pandemic. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's going to be really difficult. Yeah, it was, it's weird because, like, I haven't even worked in our office, so, but, (laughs) so, like, starting out, it's hard because, it was hard because, like, I didn't know how they do things, is this something Mm -hmm. we typically post, one of the reasons, like, they were hiring someone for this position is, like, they didn't have a voice, Mm -hmm. and so they wanted someone to come in and, like, kind of take control of the voice, but obviously Mm -hmm. you can't do that overnight, so, at first, it was a lot of, like, asking my boss and, like, other people on our social media team like is this something we'd post I don't know like this is is this on brand I guess you could say and then Mm -hmm. like as our voice is developed it's a lot of like it's still like is it on brand Mm -hmm. but our voice has developed more into that like fun like reactive tone so I would say we're definitely doing more trends like now than when I started but it still Mm -hmm. goes back to like how does this reflect back on the brand and does it match like what we stand for? Like even the whole Kim Kardashian, I mm-hmm. asked my yeah. friends to quarantine for two weeks or whatever. And like yeah. t- people started taking funny twists on it. So I even yeah. like when, when the Mavericks were in the bubble, Luka Doncic was posting pictures and tagging them from every exotic Island you could possibly think of besides yep. Orlando. And so we, while they were in the bubble, we did this funny, like, where in the world is Luka Doncic? Because everyone knew he was just in Orlando, but, like, yep. he tagged pictures in, like, Bora Bora and the Maldives That's and, like, gold. all these places. So then when the island trend came up, I was like, this is perfect. So there was a picture of, like, Boban in him that he tagged in Bora Bora. 
<laughs> and so I did, I posted it again yesterday and like did the whole, like, I asked my friends to quarantine for two weeks, but like, so it's all about tasteful. I, it's obviously be tasteful. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah. think back to your brand, like, especially in my position where I'm not, I'm definitely not in any sort like, yes, I run the account, but like, I'm not in charge by any sense. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't just like post whatever. Yes. And it's like, it reflects back on the brand. It reflects back on like my boss and like, even as a team partner in a sense, like we're posting yeah. stuff about the team. So like it reflects back on the team. So it's just think like, think about that and like the image it'll portray and then just your brand, I guess, is the main thing. Yeah. It's, it's really good to just kind of, I mean, when you're dealing with like a team account or a business account, whatever, like you want to be as professional as possible, but yet like, I'm sure it's got to be difficult trying to be like relevant kind of be catchy funny stick with the trends that's got to be kind of hard to deal with all that but yet being professional I would say sports media in general is definitely trending more that like funny way yeah so like especially in the past like year or so you can definitely poke a little bit more fun Mm -hmm. and like have a little more fun with it but still just think about the backlash because like Mm -hmm. I know for example one of our teams is the Texas Rangers Everyone knows when they went to San Diego this year and Manny Machado hit the Grand Slam, our manager was not too happy with it and made some Mm -hmm. comments about it and it blew up. So everyone for that week, the Texas Rangers were like the most hated team in the entire country, which the Astros appreciated. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. Took some fire off them. Which the Astros appreciated for a little bit. But (laughs) trying to be funny, the – like, and it's honestly something I probably would have done, so it's not their fault at all. But the next game, they lost. They turned off the replies to their tweet, and they said something along the lines of, like, not today, haters, or something. Like, being completely funny. Play. Right. Yeah. But but if you think about it, like, in the time, like, fans are mad, the country's mad, like, everyone's mad at them. So, like, no one yeah. found it funny. Yeah. yeah. So, like, everyone ended, ended up just, like, quote-tweeting it and, like, roasting them finding a way yeah and so it's like it's just like you want to be funny especially in the hard times like you want to be lighthearted and funny because like there's nothing positive for you to post but it's all just about like I guess in a sense like reading the room (laughs) exactly because I mean if you think about it like someone that's not very liked they could be the funniest person in the world but if they went up in front of a stage and just tried like making people laugh that already didn't like them they're not going to get laughs. They, no. they could say the funniest things and they could say That's things true. that are completely on point, but people with the perception of, I don't like you, you're yeah. not funny, they're not going to change that opinion, especially <laughs> when you're on Twitter at, you know, 2 a.m. and you're pissed about, Dill, what's going on? Yeah. That reminds me of something like I saw, it was like, when you don't like someone or like whatever someone does, even the thought of them chewing something uh, will make you mad. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of like that whole situation of like tweeting something that someone you don't necessarily like, like, or especially the team. And then you see like what they tweet and you're like, gosh, this again. Yes. And like a, a great account to follow, especially in like the baseball world of like being funny is the Miami Marlins. Yes. Like they're hysterical. Like they did so well with like, even those like hard losses like the score graphics they made funny or like mm-hmm. yeah um, i think it was the indians maybe they mm-hmm. lost and they posted, oh i think in the yes. score graphic they posted a picture of the sunset 
like really? from the stadium. And in yeah, the caption, they made the score super small. And then they said, like, <laughs> enjoy the sunset or something. So, like, That's so funny. Stuff like that is what makes it all better, you know? I'm it's like, like, hey, we can all have a sense of humor. Yes, exactly. And it's like, in that situation, like, it's just funny. I don't know. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's, well, I mean, it's very, was... like, hit or miss because obviously yeah. that could also make fans mad. Like, your team just lost. Stop making a joke. But, yeah. I think the Falcons do a lot of that, too. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they don't have – they rarely have a great season and when they do it's always like they always post like some funny uh video that's like <laughs> resembles something yes. that happened you're like oh they got it they got some points or going back to the kings i don't know if you saw their tweet you know like the whole thing it's like it's always blank and never blank so yeah, they tweeted yeah. it's always when you're like oh, when yes. are you gonna get a ring and not how's your social media manager doing <laughs> or like something that's funny, funny. Like, I like... oh yeah i just found it it's always when are you going to the playoffs never how are the king how are you doing king's digital team <laughs> <laughs> and so it's always it's just like that's good that's gotta, good. like they know like if they post something funny they're gonna get the response but yeah. when are you going to be in the playoffs? So, like, they took yeah. that and turned it back around and, like, poke fun at it. So, like, obviously, you have to make sure that's on brand because, mm-hmm. like, if you're sitting here as a social media manager poking fun at your mm-hmm. own team and that's not what your <laughs> boss wants you to do, like, you can get you in serious trouble. But yeah, if it's your brand, if it's your, like, voice and all of that, like, it'll do great. There was a – it was when the Washington football team beat Dallas, like, 22-3 to three or something. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that they had that score graphic, and it was just the, oh, the yeah. dude crying. And I'm just like – now, that's <laughs> – like, that, I don't even – I don't have any ties to the Washington football team, but, like, I'll throw them a follow – or I'll throw them a like, and honestly, I'll give them a follow, too. Because, yeah. like, I feel like that's the kind of – that's the <laughs> brand that's been, I guess, most relevant lately is kind of the snarky, sassy, you know, witty response type team. I feel like that's the brand yeah. voice that has been kind of most popular in terms of mm-hmm. like score graphics and stuff like that as of this season. Well, that and like if you're not being funny, you got to find like mm-hmm. your content's got to be d- still different in a sense because like if you're just posting like boring stuff, there's so many outlets nowadays that mm-hmm. they're going to get it somewhere else. For example, the Chargers announced they're doing this like better half podcast and it's a podcast. Mm-hmm with all of the players' significant others, which, like, I think is genius because, like, yeah. who knows the players better than their significant really others cool. who are with them every single day? They yeah. probably have funny stories to tell about the players. And, like, it's an angle that people rarely, That's like, super smart, actually. Have access to. Like, like, even, like, Patrick Mahomes, in a sense. Like, we all know who his girlfriend – or now fiancé. We all know who she is. Like, she's on social media. We, we get a very good glimpse into their relationship. But rarely mm-hmm. is like I don't even know if she's ever been talked to. So like yeah, I'm sure she has so. plenty of stories to tell. Right. And like we know who she is, but like to get her perspective on things, like I thought that was really interesting. And I'm pretty sure it's like one of the fiancés or something hosting it. So like it's just like it's like very fun. I'm oh, excited. Wow. That's awesome. They definitely have a listener in me. <laughs> so Yeah, no, same here. That's gonna be like even just a storytelling angle that's probably gonna Mm -hmm. be really cool just because like you said I mean especially with quarantine those are the people that they're supposed to be like only with and so I'm sure that there are plenty of stories even from this last eight months that is gonna kind of drive the content of that Uh, I can I mean I I already know that I'm probably gonna see something once that starts of just all of the ketchup Pat Mahomes eats and just all of these like weird quirky uh, oh, God. uh attributes that all these players have while at home 
I'm interested yeah. to hear about like some of the rookies maybe if they're I don't even know um, if they have significant others but well because even like in my position one of our teams is New Orleans Pelicans and if you don't follow Josh Hart and his girlfriend on Twitter do it now yep. because like yep. they make fun of each other all the time on it's social hilarious. media and like it's and they've been together that. since like high school so like mm-hmm. everything they say on social media they oh, wow. just roast each other. It's so funny. I'm like my the one that like really caught my eye was she tweeted something, or he tweeted something about because he's a big gamer. He tweeted something mm-hmm. about like equipment he needed, and she responded and was <laughs> like, "Who cares?" Basically, yeah, that was her response. <laughs> but he was he replied and was like, "Aren't you at work? You're a nurse. Get back to helping people." Oh and she was like, "It's called lunch or something." Like <laughs> so, so they just roast each other, and That's so like. Funny. I've even told my boss, like, it'd be so fun, like, even if we did, like, a Zoom interview with both of them together, like, just, like, to have that, like, interaction, or even, like, Drew Holiday and his wife, like, his wife has an amazing story, so, like, like, I just feel like the family side of the players and the off the court is so interesting that... Mm I'm really excited for the podcast because it's a side that always intrigues me and you you find out like so much about the person they are exactly yeah it it makes it more like relatable to actual I guess normal people uh, that aren't like these big (laughs) celebrities and athletes and speaking about podcasts I see that you are hosting one um the You Mad Bro podcast. Yes. <laughs> brings me like back. Name. I had a, a, a sweatshirt that used to say that. So it really brought back some memes of, well, <laughs> of those huh. days. I've like debated it forever. Cause like I said, I did sports journalism in school and like mm-hmm. my job right now could mm-hmm. develop into something where I can have an opportunity to talk about sports. But for now it's not. And like, I kind of missed it. So I was like, I can provide myself my own platform to do that. Yeah. But I was like, do I want to co-host? What do I want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Like, I was floating around so many ideas. And I was like, finally, like, you know what? Like I'm going to do it. I'll have a bunch of guests. I have launched the idea. And then, of course, work. Of course, when I launched the idea, like, work got super busy. So I have, I think, two interviews already recorded. And I have a few more. Go. I have, like, one or two scheduled next week. But none of things posted yet. I still need to edit them and all that. But So what's, like, the whole, like, premise behind the pod? So... First off, I wanted a platform to me for just for me to talk about sports. Right. And then it also launched around the time that like Maria Taylor and everyone with just women in sports in general were getting a lot of backlash on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So the name stemmed mm-hmm. from that, like the whole like you mad bro, it's a woman talking about sports kind I of like thing. It. But then obviously like just poking fun at that small group. I have so many like men in my life that support women in sports like better than anyone. So it's the name's kind of just a joke and then obviously (laughs) I'm going to be focusing on interviewing women in sports but like I've told so many of my friends like I know way too many like amazing men in sports and just like in general to like exclude them from the podcast so like while the focus will be women I plan in the future to have some men on there too and I uh as someone that is kind of on I don't even know how to phrase it, but the the side of like, doesn't matter who you are to work in sports. Like if you're, if you're going to be able to bring a perspective to sports that someone else can't, I want you. Like if I had a team of of people working, you could be a single finger, but if you were able to bring like enough perspective to the sports world, I, I don't care what you look like or who you are. And I think that 
the I don't know I might just be new to the to the social media world of this but I'm kind of happy to see that there is so much fire under this uh, women in sports movement because it's bringing more people Mm -hmm. that didn't think like like I actually was speaking to someone that I went to high school with and they were like yeah when I was younger I didn't even know that like women could work in sports and I'm just really excited for that for that phrase to not be like used anymore because you're seeing like Doris Burke she recently said that it was I'm not even going to try to quote it because I, I don't remember but it was something along the lines of like if all I do is empower like a woman to work in sports after me, like my professional career doesn't really matter. And I think people like that are really going to be the pioneers for Mm -hmm. this change that needs to happen and is thankfully like starting to happen. But I mean, it's not done obviously. And I'm I'm just really excited. Uh, Even as a man, like I, I I succeed when other people succeed. I think like if, if I'm going to be here and I don't know, I just think it's time for for someone else to get a crack at it. (laughs) Well, and the crazy thing is, is like, not only did do people have that perspective, like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know women could work in sports for a while. Like the only role that it looked like women had in sports was like a mm-hmm. sideline reporter. And right. a lot of people only viewed sideline reporters yep. just like stand there and look pretty. And so like, I remember I went to like, I don't know if y'all have heard of like Laura Oakman's like galvanized camps. Yep. Yes, went, I'm actually uh, just got into yeah, that. Yeah, so I went to one my I think my soft no my junior year of college it was with the Atlanta Falcons Mm -hmm. and like that's a big thing for her like she herself is a sideline reporter but she's Mm -hmm. like amazing at her job and like her whole thing is like sideline reporting is so much bigger than just like standing there and looking pretty like she's amazing at her job like my thing is is like these guys are like oh they only got their jobs because they look good and I'm like do you understand like how big a lot of like they would not have a they would not have a woman on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever you want to talk about if she was bad at her yes. job no matter how pretty she looks like they're such a big network if they were bad at their jobs like yeah. they would not be and there big. were so many men that probably got denied from that job because they weren't good enough yes and so it's like uh, so Crazy. her whole thing first of off was like helping women like have those her camps were a lot about like broadcasting skills but then her whole thing is like providing opportunities and platforms and all of that for women and like showing that we're more than just si- like sideline reporters who's like stand there and look pretty and like through this whole push for women in sports on twitter like i found so many women who do mm-hmm. other things in sports like way more than even i as a woman in sports like realized for example like i mentioned my favorite baseball twitter account to follow is miami marlins i did a little research and like their social media mm-hmm. coordinator is a female so like just like learning that there's women behind and like yeah. even like the lakers one of their social media coordinators is a female so like learning mm-hmm. that there are women behind like all of these like my like favorite accounts and like in these big places have been really cool has been really cool to see and without that it's like almost like thank you to the men yeah, who like made women real. mad because without this whole push <laughs> for like support for them on twitter like i would have never found like all these amazing women in sports so and i actually yeah i'm I'm really happy i mean i guess happy isn't the right word but like whenever i go on twitter and i see like a woman in sports thing i always go to the comments just to see because it's almost like there's never not going to be some dude that's angry about Mm -hmm. like a woman getting a job in sports it's like yeah how does that (laughs) how does that affect you a and b like I don't know. I feel like that takes more effort to get upset about than to just, if you don't like it, just scroll past it. 
Well, um, in that recent right. comment from the guy who was like, women only get into sports yeah. because of their significant yeah. others. And I'm like, oh excuse you. Like, I played yeah. college sports. I've worked in sports like my entire career. I haven't done anything outside of sports. And I still right. don't have a boyfriend. So, like, yeah, which what one? significant other? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my like God. what are they talking about? <laughs> Like, where are these men that they're talking about? I don't like, know no. what significant other. Maybe he knows something that you about, don't. I don't know. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, I felt on a personal level. Um, <laughs> but there was actually, so I saw that you were, uh, and you said it earlier, but a student athlete at Arizona State. And so being a student athlete is essentially like having a full-time job. And I know that personally at the okay. University of Iowa, like I had a lot of requirements that I had to, you know, do a certain amount of internships or or something like that. So mm-hmm. when you're a student athlete, you know, how do you, how are you able to fit in those, those requirements that you need, um, whether that be like for your degree, or if you just, you know, need internships to then get a job after. So, so summer became like my best friend mm-hmm. because golf too, like we have fall and spring season. So there was definitely not time to do it yeah. during the school year. So Right. I did summer internships and then also with the Cronkite Journalism School at ASU, you have to do what they call a mm-hmm. professional program. Mm-hmm. It's basically a semester in our like self-produced or like student-produced um, newscast. And so like just with that, so I did everything like during the summer, which got, came crazy because it was like, then yeah. what's summer? But another big thing for me was all, it was all sports in general and like working in sports mm-hmm. is all about who you know. Mm-hmm. But my connections became huge. Um, my, especially because as a student athlete, I didn't have anything on my resume. And as we all know, getting a resume through a job application is like yep. nearly impossible. So oh, yeah. getting a resume through an, like internship applications with nothing on it was like yeah. impossible. So luckily through my, like at that point, it was like 14 years of playing golf. I had a few connections at the golf channel and so I was able to reach out to them okay and like that one was pretty much basically mm-hmm. I knew the right person and then luck they got me an internship in production which production wasn't even what I was looking for an internship in but at that point I was like I'll take any internship in sports that I can get so I took that like I said I did a semester in Cronkite News and then my I interned mm-hmm. at Adidas Golf which was kind of similar in the sense um ASU is an Adidas school um, I was close with our, or like I knew our golf rep. And so literally joking one day, I was like, cause I knew I was getting kind of close mm-hmm. to graduation. I was like, ha ha, like maybe I'll work for you guys someday. And he was like, no, but really like, if you're interested, like apply for this, <laughs> he was oh like, apply gosh. for this internship. And so he basically, he gave me the email of like their HR manager who then, but he was located, mm-hmm. Adidas golf is located in Carlsbad where the rest of Adidas is in Portland. So okay. Then once the internship application opened, he sent me the link to apply. So I still had to go mm-hmm. through the whole application process, but still like obviously knowing someone in the beginning, it that like helps. just helps you get oh, yeah. to that application step. And so I would say just for anyone in sports, but like student athletes and athletes in general, like when you mm-hmm. are at these um um when you're at these like events and you have all these amazing mm-hmm. donors and like I said, like it was our Adidas rep and you're meeting athletes all the time. And like at ASU, our football coach used to work at ESPN. So if you're at an event and the foot, like the football coach is there, like talk to lit- 
I'm a social person, so it wasn't hard for me. But it's just like being but open, talk to like being literally available. anyone, and the, you never know what door they could potentially open for you in the future, or if you need a reference, or if you're applying for a job and you're like, oh shoot, this person works there, like they used to work there, whatever. So like, for me, connections were huge, and I know that's applicable to like anyone trying to work in sports. Absolutely. It really is all about like who you mm-hmm. know in this business. And you were, you were able to utilize the connections you made mm-hmm. um, through playing golf, which is just pretty amazing to be able to just go up the ladder a little bit and kind of utilize each, each Also moment. like there were even, I was lucky. I was in Arizona where we have every mm-hmm. major sport, every major sporting event. Um, so there was a ton of opportunities, mm-hmm. but even there was like a weekly, I think it was like a weekly or monthly newsletter that was sent out by our like journalism school. And one of the opportunities on it was when the final four came to Phoenix, they do like wherever the final four is, honestly, they partner mm-hmm. with a school yeah. and they do like a social media hub. And it's like a bunch of students, they go out and it was like Slack became our best <laughs> friend. Like none of us are running the social media accounts, but they have so many like community events and different like off court stuff going on they would send us out to all of those. We would capture the content and like send it back to them. So like, obviously it wasn't paid. It was like a one week opportunity. So like nothing major, but it was something to put on my resume. And like the fact that like people know volunteering Mm -hmm. is huge. Like the fact that you were willing to do that. And like I said, it got me into like all the final four events. I didn't go to the, I didn't work the games just because of like schedule conflicts, but I was taking pictures at like the autograph booth and like they had all these huge Arizona athletes come through. So like just being yeah. there was crazy. And it all stemmed from like a volunteer opportunity. And even so like, obviously the final four this year mm-hmm. got canceled, but I reached out to mm-hmm. some of like the people on the Atlanta host committee on LinkedIn, like before all of that. And like, I ended up getting this job, so it wouldn't have worked out, but we were in the process of like talking about my mom's a flight attendant. So I have like the luxury of like flying for free, mm-hmm. but like the, we were talking about, I was like willing to fly out there to help out with the event. And like, we were in the process of like discussing potentially that opportunity. And so people have told me and like, I'll tell anyone the worst people can say Mm -hmm. is no, or they don't respond. So always reach out, even if it's like an event's coming to town or whatever, volunteer, even if it's just a day. I know ESPN's come to ASU, especially since we hired Herm to interview him and like do some features on him. And one of the days, like I literally basically was following them around like carrying their equipment but then at the same time I got to talk to the ESPN reporters and the production crew all day so just like any of those opportunities were big too that's so cool just kind of going off of all the different things that you've been able to do throughout your career how have you been able to guess manage everything and kind of allow time for yourself huh that it's a tough one especially because like I said in social media it is 24 7 it's it's never I think the biggest thing like I said like knowing who your support group is and like within your company knowing Mm -hmm. how you can take time off especially with everything going on my boss has like always been like take time off take time off and like I don't know I still haven't quite figured (laughs) it out how so he's like Madison you need to take time off but and like even I see people working for like the Rangers and I'm I don't know how they worked out their Mm -hmm. schedules during the season this year, but whether it was like one day off a week or one day off every two weeks or whatever they got, the girl I know who like runs their social media, like she would post off day and was like out like canoeing with her boyfriend. So like 
when you yeah. have an off day, like truly yeah. take an off day, like take advantage of it, take time yes. for you, check out, clock out, whatever you need to do. And so I think that's big because it's like, even there's been times where like I step away from my phone for like mm -hmm. half a day and like, yes, that helps, but there's nothing like checking out and taking out like a true like day off for yourself. So it's like, but at the same time, like feeling like to, in order to take, feel comfortable taking that time off, like I need to be comfortable enough with my boss and like how mm -hmm. we run things to be like, right. Hey, I'm taking a day off. Y'all got me. Like, so just like having that communication and like structure within wherever you're working. Yeah. That's, that's essential. Um, cause you don't want to just leave someone with all that yeah. work and you're just like, Oh, and then I come back to all this stuff. Or like, for me. you don't want to take a day off and then like yeah. breaking news happens and then there's no one there to like, Oh gosh. To, like to cover it or something. So that's the fear. Oh, and so Lord. I always find this interesting to hear from people that run social media, just because if there is something that's, you know, wrong, or if there is a failure that, that goes out, people will definitely let you know, and people will definitely not be nice about it. So were there any times with you that, mm -hmm. whether it be with Fox Sports or, or a previous opportunity, uh, where you had a failure and it got great pushback, how were you able to kind of handle that and then move forward from it? Um, I would say the biggest thing is like, yes, I go through our replies and like comments and stuff, but like I try not mm -hmm. to take them to heart first off. And then second yeah. off, because like our biggest thing, the only, if there weren't like inappropriate replies and stuff, I would not go yeah. through our replies at all because at the end of the day, I know I'm doing enough well to like offset mm -hmm. what's bad. And so mm -hmm. as long as it's not like this big offensive yeah or like offending anyone or inappropriate or anything like that. I, I've done pretty well, honestly, at like not taking it to heart. And like I said, like literally the only reason I go through our replies nowadays is mm -hmm. to feed out and like block and report any inappropriate stuff that like bots yeah. or anything come up with. But I would say the biggest thing is like, like I said, I don't take it to heart. You do more, you're always going to end up doing more well than mm -hmm. like the one mistake you had. If not like there's a reason these people follow you. If you weren't putting out good content, you would have zero followers. So just like always remember that and like just try and keep all your successes mm -hmm. in mind because at the end of the day, like even your favorite account, especially like when they were starting out where you were, they really, you really only had like one like viral or blow up post every once in a while. Not yeah. every single yeah. post is like great and succeeds. So you just got to like remind yourself of that. That's true because, I mean, if it's Absolutely. not every day that, you know, X team is posting something that gets 400,000 retweets and all this stuff. It's like there will be, I mean, it usually stems from a post that isn't even related to, to sports. It'll be something that, like, for I, I go to this one, but recently got into TikTok and there was the video of the guy <laughs> listening to Fleetwood Mac and, like, drinking cranberry juice. And then so every team, yes. not every team, but a, a vast majority of teams made some sort of recreation of that and it didn't even stem from from a sports thing so i think that it's important to know that like even if you're not in sports to kind of watch those pages that don't necessarily have much to do but could lead to kind of your next big break in terms of virality yeah. i think is how you say it well because even being at asu obviously i was around a bunch of the teams and our baseball team's definitely trending up and like knowing some of the guys they're all like super cool whatever they're super nice like whatever but I never saw them as like this like great personality mm -hmm. on social media like they might all have it 
off of it, but I just didn't feel like it was displayed through social media. And so their first day before fall ball or whatever this year, one of their former players Mm -hmm. posted a video that one of the guys recorded and it's him like recreating that Fleetwood Mac video, but like around the concourse of baseball stadium. And I'm like, just some literally is something as simple as that. Like obviously the original video wasn't sports related, but like jumping on a trend like that. And it's, they're so easy to do a lot of them if if you have the access. And Mm -hmm. so like just making sure you're on top of all of that it's all fun, lighthearted yeah. content. So, Kate, do you have anything else? I have one more. Uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah. It's all, all you, Dakota. This is a question I ask everybody just to get kind of their take on it because it's something that you could literally take whichever way you'd like. So what I like to ask is 100 years down the road, you know, people have big aspirations in their career or their professional life or their personal life. And so what I'm curious is 100 years down the road, what's the legacy you would like to leave behind, whether that be professionally, personally, or kind of a mix of both? <laughs> I would have to say like some sort of impact, like helping, like using my resources mm-hmm. to like help people. Mm-hmm. I've had like a few ideas in mind, like one, like using my like social media marketing skills. I would love to like, as much as I want to work for like a team or like a network like I am now, um, I would love to work for like some sort of marketing agency and cause like working directly with athletes to help them like marketing agencies literally help them make money and like mm-hmm. better their brand and all that stuff. So, like working directly with athletes would really, like, I would really enjoy that. Just like, I think it's like the former athlete in me would love to like go back and like help others, especially nowadays with if name, mm-hmm. image and likeness gets approved, because I know there are so many college athletes have who have no clue about all of that and so like using my knowledge to like help them like profit and like has like at least learn about what they could be doing to help themselves and then another one is like just like anything I could do to help women Mm -hmm. in sports so I guess just having a legacy that like I used my like time and experience and resources to like go back and help others there you have it i'm really happy i like when people have a like have an outlook like that because if at least you know you hear people say like if i change at least one person then i'd be happy and usually that's if that's the case then you did that good for one person but i think that a lot of people sell themselves yeah. short like if doris burke i feel like her legacy um in terms of being able to empower women has And I mean, not even just women. I think like I look after Doris Burke. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it's a good thing to kind of use your platform for good, whether or not people prefer you just play basketball or do something like that. I'm I'm a fan of kind of people using the resources, the platform, the people, the network, whatever they have to, I mean, if they're promoting good, I don't see any bad in that literally and figuratively. But I really appreciate you coming on. It was really cool to get an insider look at the social media, the new the new media really so it was really nice mm-hmm. to, to get to know you and pick your brain a little bit of course thanks yeah, for having me absolutely it was a lot of fun and that was social media specialist madison curley we're trying to build a bigger community on social media and so if you want to be a part of that community and help us build make sure to see what links we have in the link tree below and follow the accounts that you want preferably all of them We'll also make sure to have Madison's links that we can keep up with all the social media trends that are going on now. We thank you for listening to this podcast as always. And if you like this episode and want to show us your support, make sure to follow us on Spotify. 
If you're an Apple podcast listener, we would really appreciate if you subscribed and left a five-star review. It really helps us grow and we can't express how much we would appreciate it. With that, we hope to see you next Monday for the next episode of The Rookie Contract. Thank you.